You're listening to the Her Leadership Coach Podcast for the quietly determined career woman who's looking to step up into her first or next level leadership role. If you're looking to make a bigger, more positive difference in your organization, you've come to the right place. Well, hello, welcome in. It's Rochelle. On today's episode of Her Leadership Coach, I'm kicking off a short series on the most important things you want to be noticing as a leader. Now, this started out as one episode, but I kept finding more things I wanted to say, which I often do, and the episode kept getting longer and longer. And so I've decided that it's better to keep things short without skimping on the content that I want to give to you. And so let's cover one thing per episode instead of everything in one really long episode. So today we're kicking off this short series with talk about emotional awareness. You want to be noticing the emotions of your team. What am I talking about? Well, have you ever had that moment after a family dinner or a night out with friends where you're talking with your partner at the end of the the evening and you start pointing out, did you notice how Jane and John seemed a bit off tonight? Or I think Lisa was really hurt by that joke Mark made about her new job. And your partner looks at you with that bewildered expression, completely oblivious to the emotional undercurrents that were as clear to you as a sunny day. This happens in my house quite a lot. My husband and I will leave a social dinner and as we're driving home, we'll talk about the evening. And to me, it's like I've been reading a book where you just feel the emotional subtext between the characters. My husband, on the other hand, is amazed. It's like we're at two separate events. He'll be like, wait, I thought we just had dinner. When did all this happen? Now, it's not to say he's not observant, because I think he is. He notices things that I might miss, like definitely how someone's new car is an electric vehicle, uh, not something that's on my radar, or he'll see if someone was wearing a shirt with a pop culture reference on it. But when it comes to those emotional undercurrents, I'm the one that hears the words that haven't been said or notices those awkward pauses or silences and sees those glances exchanged between a couple that tell a story beyond just the words being said. And I guess I thought because of my experience, that was just one of those things that women are better at. So I thought I should look at the research and it tells me I was partially right. Some of it suggests that women women do indeed often have a heightened capacity for this type of emotional attunement, although it's largely due to social conditioning that emphasizes empathy and communication for girls from a young age. There are some neurological studies that suggest there may be differences in brain structure and function between genders that could impact this emotional processing, but that kind of research is still ongoing, it's not conclusive, um, and it could be as a result of the social conditioning affecting the brain rather than that we're born that way and that affects how we are. Either way, 
What is known is that emotional intelligence, emotional awareness is not a fixed thing and it can be developed over time by both men and women. So why does this emotional awareness stuff matter as a leader? Because at the end of the day, leadership isn't just about hitting targets and ticking off objectives. At least it's not for me and I'm pretty sure you're listening to this. It is not for you either. Leadership is about people. And when you're in tune with your team's emotional state, you can catch issues before they escalate. You can provide support where it's needed and you can celebrate successes in a way that feels meaningful to everyone involved. It's really about building a culture where people feel seen, heard, and valued. And let's be honest, a happy team is a productive team, so there is that side of it as well. Now, this is not about being a mind reader, though let's admit that would be pretty cool, although I think there are some people's thoughts that are probably better left unheard. It is about being aware of nonverbal cues, the slight changes in behavior and the energy in the room. Sometimes you can walk into a room and just pick up on, you know, this tenseness. Or you might see that, say, Sarah has gone quiet in the last few meetings. Or Tom is suddenly working through lunch every day. And these are the clues that lead to the bigger story of how your team is really doing. It's also about the power of empathy, that ability to truly understand and share the feelings of others, to get into the hole with them, as Brene Brown says. And I also think it's important to model the behavior that we're looking for. So we want to show our own vulnerabilities uh, in a productive way. We want to share our challenges. We want to be transparent about our emotions and that can inspire our team to do the same. It creates this culture of trust where everyone feels safe to express themselves and that deepens the team's connection and understanding of each other and again ultimately the productivity and effectiveness. So if this is something everybody can learn how do you go about improving your emotional radar? Well, you want to start with the basics, and that is active listening. And this means really hearing what your team members are saying and what they're not saying. Ask open-ended questions. Encourage them to share their thoughts and feelings, not just talking about tasks, ticking off things, to-do lists, it's about creating an environment where everyone feels comfortable open, opening up in their own way. And I need you to remember, this is not a one and done deal. It's not a matter of calling a team meeting, practicing active listening once and you're done for the year. This is about regular check-ins, whether they're formal or a casual chat by the coffee machine. These make all the difference in being able to be attuned to your team's emotions. Next, you want to practice looking for these nonverbal cues. So you might notice someone's shoulders are hunched over more often than not. 
and I have seen that. It's a very clear clue. You might want to check in and ask them if something's going on, but it is a sign of stress or exhaustion or just feeling like they want to hide. Um, and so just check in if you're starting to see signs like that. Or on the other hand, you might catch the way a team member lights up when discussing a particular topic or project that they're working on. Their eyes sparkle with enthusiasm, their voice starts uh, speaking faster, uh, their ideas start tumbling out of them. These kinds of emotions are really valuable in giving you a clearer picture of your team's overall well-being. All right, that sounds good. But in this day and age, we are not always in the office able to see those nonverbal cues. So what do you do when your team is remote or you're all operating on different schedules and not there at the same time? And I'll admit it is more of a challenge. However, it opens up the opportunity to be a bit more innovative and intentional in your approach to leadership. And I think learning these skills for a remote workforce is also good for an in-house workforce. So you can use technology as your friend in these instances. So you want to start with setting up regular video check-ins. And yes, I know we're probably all still suffering from a bit of Zoom fatigue, although I feel like that's starting to drop off now and we're getting a little bit more used to that space. And seeing someone's face their expressions and even their surroundings can give you insights that voice calls, Teams chats or emails just can't. You want to make these check-ins less about status updates and more about connecting on a human level. And this is how I approach my, my one-on-ones. Look, if they want to talk about status updates in their one-on-ones, that's fine. But I leave it open for them so that we can connect on whatever's top of mind for them at that time. I also uh, I encourage you to ask about their, you know, their home life, their workspace. Depending on the person, some people are not going to be like that's going to be a clear barrier for them. And you will notice that again with some nonverbal cues. Um, you might want to ask what's been a highlight for their week or what it's been a challenge that they've faced and what have they learned from it this week. So you don't want to just ask about work-related events. You want to talk about, you know, what's happening personally as well because we are whole people. We are not just work bots um, as much as some people like to think we are. Uh, and then there's the art of listening between the lines in digital communication. So no, we can't always do video check-ins. So listen for what's being said or unsaid in emails, chat messages, even the frequency or timing of responses can give you clues about someone's state of mind. If you notice a sudden change in communication style, like suddenly you're getting really short replies from someone who usually writes more detailed messages or um, suddenly you're getting no emojis where someone used to have messages laden in emergency emojis. Any of those could signal stress or overload or just, you know, feeling shut down. Now, you don't want to stop at observation. You also want to take action. So if there's a change in communication style, reach out and ask how they're feeling. Even let them know what you've noticed. Uh, that can start the conversation up. Now, 
To make practicing emotional awareness easier, you might look at creating virtual spaces for casual interactions for the whole team. So you've got your one-on-ones, fantastic. You also want to notice the interactions between team members because that's an important piece of the puzzle. So if you create some spaces for casual interactions, kind of like, I don't know, pretend they're water cooler chats or even, you know, you can have a lunch outing online. We created a twice a week, half hour virtual coffee chat and people could turn up to that if they wanted to. Even the people turning up and not turning up can be clues, so look for that. But these were meetings where there was no agenda, team members were encouraged to talk about anything but work. Um, And so we had lots of conversations about, you know, our fairy friends or our kids or uh, what the the noise was going on in the neighborhood. (laughs) Um, But it's in those kind of relaxed settings that people often feel more comfortable expressing their feelings and concerns rather than when you're talking, you know, tasks and work deadlines. And again, that can just give you further insight into the full team's emotional pulse. Uh, Finally, don't underestimate the power of a well-timed, thoughtful message of appreciation or encouragement. So you might write a quick note once a, a week for each of your team members just saying, hey, I notice you've been putting in a lot, lot of effort into this particular project or this particular piece of work. And I want to you know, let you know it's really making a difference and, and say thank you. And then adding on to the end of that, how are you holding up? And adding a sentence like that can really go a long way. It shows you're paying attention. It shows that you care. And most importantly, it shows that you're there to support them. And hopefully you're going to get some really good responses to that, especially if someone is struggling. Now, a short word of caution here. It is important to maintain a balance between professionalism and personal connection. So the aim is to be approachable and understanding without blurring the lines of professionalism. So You're not there to be their therapist, their best friend, um, but you are there to support them and potentially hand them off to a therapist or check that they've got a best friend to check in with when times are tough. Um, And you might want to be able, you know, you're there to be able to see what you can do from a work context that will help them through this particular emotional hurdle. Uh, But do make sure you're respecting everyone's comfort levels and supporting people in a way that works for them, not necessarily in a way that works for you. Improving your emotional awareness, both in person and virtually, is about creating this culture of empathy, of openness, and then this genuine support. Now, it's also important to remember that mastering emotional awareness like most good things in life, is a journey, not a destination. It requires continuous learning, practice and growth. So seek out different resources, engage in workshops if they're on offer, and be open to feedback. In fact, seek feedback as a leader from your team. Ask them how they think you're going with this. And take the time to listen, to observe and to connect. 
your team will thank you for it. And you might just find that this approach to leadership enriches not just your professional life, but your personal one as well. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining me. If you want to continue this discussion about emotional awareness or anything related to being a woman in leadership, looking for more influence, impact and income, why not join us in the Women in Leadership Facebook group? You will find the link to join in the show notes. And until next week, continue to lead the way her way.